talking. Oops. I think it sounds kind of cool. <laughs> like I'm on a walkie-talkie or something like that. Um, all right, man. You ready? Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go if you want. Okay, yeah. Um. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast that's pretty sure Baby Yoda's first word will be his second. My name is Drew. I'll be your host for the evening. Along with me, as always, is my brother Peter. Here. <laughs> um, I've seen that meme, and I don't know if I like it. <laughs> it made me laugh, and I'm like, why not? <laughs> um all right, so uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. If you um, are listening to us, I hope you're driving off to Grandma's house or an aunt's and uncle's or the family party. So we wanted this episode to drop Christmas week so you guys had something for your travels. So we hope you all had a wonderful Christmas. Uh, how's Christmas for you so far, Peter? Uh, it's all right. I haven't gotten any of my shopping done yet. But, oh, fantastic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, otherwise... I've been, I've been done for months. <laughs> nice. Um, I have this thing where I start Christmas. I'm a rarity in the world of Christmas shopping because when something happens, when we discover that something is like a need, like really early, like, oh, I, I think like someone says they want this big ticket item, you buy it when they say so. And then when Christmas rolls around, you're not strapped on your credit cards, and it spreads right. it out. So I start my Christmas shopping in yeah. like July. <laughs> so by Black Friday, I'm done. Yeah, we're which done. is kind of nice. So you grab a, you I, grab a couple um, things on Black Friday, <laughs> maybe some stocking stuffers, I don't, and then I, you probably on. have more people that you buy for than me too at this point. But, I feel um, like I don't. <laughs> really? Yeah, okay. I feel like it. Fair enough. I feel um, like as I've gotten older, the number of people I buy for has consolidated into a okay. smaller pool. Well, that's that's so. good to hear then. I um I actually kind of enjoy the uh the hustle of going to the mall like the week of Christmas and like <laughs> trying to find stuff and like I don't know, it's kind of exciting and I thrive under pressure to an extent. So yeah, I, I like well, that. So. <laughs> um okay. Um well, let's well, um, it's just the lines are the lines are the worst part, but I don't mind the process of doing it, I guess. So. Oh, right on. Um, so let's, uh, we're going to come back to some Christmas stuff in a little while, uh, but let's talk, uh, what are we watching this week? Anything exciting? Um, not a lot. Um, actually I've, I've hardly watched anything at all, but, uh, I did rewatch something that, uh, we've actually talked a lot about recently on this podcast, but on Disney plus I rewatched Willow like a couple days ago and, uh. Now, so when we talked about, so when Bryn was on and we were doing our Disney Plus episode, and we were like kind of sharing our love for Willow. Yeah. Had you rewatched it at that point? I mean, the last time I watched it, I feel like it was probably a couple of years ago okay. or something. So when but... Bryn and I were kind of gushing over it, Bryn and I were fresh off of a rewatch. Yeah. You, okay. Well, I so... mean, I'm, I'm, it's like one of those movies that I love, and I'm always down to watch. <laughs> but I think I I was watching it, and I was realizing that. A lot of times I don't watch it the full way through. Like, for years, I think I've, like, done a lot of, like, catching, like, the beginning or catching the end and, like, not actually sitting down and properly watching through it. Um, so the one thing that probably striked me the most is, because uh, on the show you've said before that this holds up, and I was just really surprised how well Willow holds up. Because right. it's, like, it's one of these things where special effects are always going to be getting better, so... You know the special effects aren't going to look as good as, like, movies that come out this year do, but 
I feel like the pacing of the movie is just so... It's so well done. It's, so, and it's such a well-crafted story. The way that it's um, storyboarded, I guess, it's, like, perfect where... Or the way it's directed, I guess, if you want to take it a step further, where, like, the way that... Um, like, when they finally get to... Uh, oh, man, now my now I'm blanking on the names of everything, but uh, Tear... Tear is lean. Tear is lean. Okay, that's what I was thinking, and I was like... <laughs> That's not right for some reason, but when they finally get there and you see the castle, like, the way it's, like, pre presented as this big epic thing, it's, like, that shot really is, like, a good, like, punch that, I don't, it's hard to explain, but it really does accentuate, like, okay, we're finally to this place we've been headed the whole time, and I just, like, I guess I was really impressed, because for some reason, I always, I thought that they spent a lot more time in the uh, Nelwyn village at the beginning of the movie. Like, for some reason, I thought that was, like, way longer than it actually was. And I was watching it, I was like, no. oh, we didn't we didn't stay in the Nelwyn village for very long at all. So no. I just thought it was cool, like, how well the pacing holds up to, like, newer movies. So, yeah, I almost, and I, and I feel like this is a little sacrilege to say this, but I actually feel the pacing of Willow in terms of, like, leaving the Nelwyn village and getting on yeah. the adventure is way better than Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit. In oh, terms of the that. time in the Shire to the to get into the adventure, to the Nelwyn village to get into oh, the adventure. Oh, I could see that. Absolutely. So it just, I just think, I think it's really interesting, and maybe it's because, you know, we all, I always knew the Lord of the Rings story, but I grew up watching Willow, and mm -hmm. then finally I get to see the Lord of the Rings films and everything, and you're like... They're great, but I yeah. always felt for some reason that the pacing of Willow was just better. <laughs> right. Um, I'm actually glad you brought up Lord of the Rings because another thing I noticed you a lot... You watched Lord of the Rings? No, no, but, like, <laughs> people always say, like, George Lucas was, like, really influenced by Lord of the Rings when he was, like, working on the story for Willow, and I don't think I ever saw that for some reason, and it's just... It's one of those things, like, I've known about Willow for longer than I've known about Lord of the Rings, and I knew I grew up knowing, like, everything about Willow and watching the movie a lot, and then when I finally saw Lord of the Rings, I didn't realize that there was any sort of uh, connection at all, so then re-watching it, I was just like, man, there's a lot of stuff in Willow that is so similar to Lord of the Rings, and I was looking at, like, the architecture and, like, Willow's house and, like, how that whole, like, Nelwyn village looks like it's filled with habit houses and stuff. And then I was just noticing how um, all of uh, Bav Morda's uh, knights and stuff who are galloping across the countryside, I'm like, they look like ring wraiths, <laughs> you know, <they're laughs> right. looking for the group of hobbits, you know, with this wow. whole thing. And I was just like, wow, it's really interesting noticing all these little things, I guess, you well, know. Well, I always <laughs> thought that... Willow as a character was a Star Wars correction. Um, okay. If you dig into the like history of Star Wars, at one point in an early draft, Luke Skywalker was supposed to be a little person. Oh, interesting. And I have a feeling because they did not do that in the movie that George was like still kind of on this idea of that kind of a story and was like well let's make the character willow and we'll do something completely different like i just feel like he took that idea and went well we didn't do it over here but i have this other idea right and just ran with it so nice it was just a thought i don't know like i guess i'd have yeah, to ask george to see if that that's is really, really interesting case, i i guess i was thinking like maybe he wanted to, wanted to do lord of the rings but he couldn't so he just like made this new thing that's and that like, may and that may be because yeah. he wanted to do flash gordon and he couldn't and that was how that's how he got star wars 
Yeah. So, yeah. It was basically, I can't do that? Fine, I'll go do my own thing. And, <laughs> I mean, I, and then rule the world. You know, know what so I mean? There's so many things have started from that. Like, I want to do this, but I can't, so I'll go make this other cooler thing. So Yeah, exactly. Um, um, did you watch anything else? Uh, there's just another one. I want to keep this quick, but uh, this movie I watched on Hulu uh, recently called Instant Family. Do you know this movie at all? Um, it's Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> I know of it. You I, haven't you haven't watched it, or no. you have no interest? I so, have zero interest. It just the trail the trailer did not give me any reason to watch that movie. Oh, because it probably shows the entire story and maybe, trailer. but it just kind of was like meh. I was like, nah, it's not for me. This is one that kind of surprised me because I usually don't watch movies like this, but it was kind of like the wife wanted to watch it, and I was like, okay, I'll, I'll you know, I'll give it a chance. I was actually just really surprised by like, this isn't like a movie you're gonna watch and you're gonna feel like it's breaking new ground or anything, but it does tell a really cool story about. Basically, just a guy and his wife who decide to become foster parents. And uh, the highest thing I can say for this, because not a lot of movies make me cry, but I actually did roll a few tears by the end of this one. And that's like, like, there's a lot of movies that make me close to tearing up, but most of them never actually get like any liquid to come out. I'm serious yeah. though. So this too. one got you to cry. Yeah, this one actually did. So no, you know, and I would know. challenge you to watch it and not cry. You know why you I cried? Really would. And I know this is, I knew you were going to say this too. You know, the reason you cried, and I'm, say, I'm saying this right now, it's because you're a dad. But you're officially a parent. And I cry I, at so many things now, and I know it's because I'm a parent. <laughs> I know, I knew you were going to say that, but I really think that if I would have seen this before I had a kid, I still think I would have cried. Like, I, oh, it's okay. one of those things, like, I would <laughs> challenge somebody to watch it and not cry. And I know you're going to say, okay, and then you're going to come back next week and you're going to lie <laughs> and say, I watched this movie. No, but it, it is really good. If you want a sort of like gritting my teeth, like don't don't hold it back in. <laughs> <laughs> but if you want like a really good like heart warming but also wrenching story that's like you know really heartfelt family stuff, I definitely re recommend this movie. So yeah, right on. All right, well, um, in terms of watching category, my schedule is was crazy this week uh, with the new job. And uh, I had to, some very early mornings, so I didn't get to stay up and watch stuff like I usually do. Uh, but I did start the new season of Marvelous Miss Maisel. Um, you still haven't watched this show. No, no I, okay. it's actually one of those things that the more I hear about it, the less I have any interest well, in it. That and everybody sucks because... keeps telling me how great it is, but it's just like... I, I don't know. At this point, I feel like I can't start it. I can't watch it. It's, good. it's understandable. But then that sucks because I'm not going to help the situation. No, it's fine. Yeah. I'm so happy with the direction they're going with the season. And it's just like the, sh the, sh the show started and I'm like, in the first like couple minutes, I was like, oh, I guess we're watching Maisel. And then within like 10 minutes after that thought of like, well, here we are. I was suddenly like, oh my God, this is awesome. Like, and I was oh, just nice. back, I was just yeah. back in the world and I'm like, this is just where I want to be. And everything just felt right. And yeah. And then I was like, man, I got to go to bed. I really wanted to watch the next episode. So <laughs> is um, there that much many episodes out at this point? Or? They drop the whole season at once. Okay. And it's just that they're, when it says it's an hour, it's a true hour. So there's no commercials. There's, it's a true hour, and um, it's not. It's not like it's not like when you watch Arrow or Flash and they take the commercials out and it's a 42 minute episode. Yeah. This is a true hour of television, no, so you kind of have to like. Yeah. It's like watching a mini movie, so you can't go. You can look at it and say, "Oh, I'm." I guess I need to either struggle to stay awake tonight and watch another episode, or I struggle to stay awake at work. Tomorrow. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. 
Nice. Um, but no, I'm just I'm really happy with it. I can't wait to finish the season. So I'm like uh, three, maybe four episodes in. I don't remember where I left off. So cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You want to talk some news? Sounds good. Yeah. We're gonna start with a sad story real quick. It's not a horribly sad story. It's just it's more of a what a wonderful. As children, we all grew up with... A lot of us grew up with the Muppets. Yeah. And if anything, we all grew up with Big Bird and Oscar the Grouch, Sesame Street. Well, the actor... And I just, this is really just... I wanted to point it out because this is... We, we kind of lost a piece of our childhood a little bit. But the actor, Carol Spinney, who was responsible for bringing to life Big Bird and Oscar the Grouch, has passed away. Oh. Um, what, when you say uh, bringing to life, is that like designing like, the puppet or no, doing like, the voice or a little bit of both? Like he was Big Bird, so he was the puppeteer, yeah, and and right. voice, okay, exactly. Okay. So he was just he was totally in charge of those characters. He probably did other ones, but those are the ones he's most well known for. Um, and you know, he was born in 1993, th- th- uh, 1993, 1933. Uh, correct myself. So 1933 to 2019. That's a, I mean. That's a good long life, but he brought so he just brought this wonderful like gift to us as yeah you know, um, th- to the world. So I just wanted to bring it up. And there's a whole there actually is a documentary. I'm I, the the name of the documentary escapes me right now, but it's all about him creating Big Bird. Okay. And like his life as Big Bird, and like how it changed his life and all that stuff. It's a really cool documentary, but the name escapes me for some reason. Um, do you know where you watched it, or was this? Like- I saw I saw it on Netflix. Okay, cool. So, um, I feel like it might still be. I feel like I've seen something. It's on probably like that, still yeah. on there. So I just wanted to, you know, bring it up because we lost a, just that, that nugget in the corner of our childhood is gone now. So I don't know what the. I mean, I don't think they're going to get rid of Big Bird, and I don't know if he's still. I don't know if he was doing it that late in his life, but mm-hmm. um, he was responsible for the character. So, um, moving on. So let's talk about more fun things. <laughs> not, not that that's not fun, but let's talk about more uh, uh, the usual. Um, so, we all know Matrix 4 is coming. Yeah. And we all know that there's a uh, John Wick 4 coming. And John Wick with Keanu Reeves and Matrix 4 with Keanu Reeves are both set to release on the exact same date (laughs) (laughs) of May 21st. That is is awesome. So that is a, uh, I feel like that's a Keanu Reeves squared kind of a day. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that that's very weird. Um, I just thought that was really kind of funny. I, <coughs> I thought that was funny. I thought, yeah, I just I don't know what to say about that. So I don't know what to say either. I mean, I guess it's like <laughs> they're probably gonna like have to move release dates. Like they're gonna have to like do something because I feel like this was the Avengers Batman thing that happened. Oh yeah, yeah. You know? when it was um, Batman versus Superman versus and, uh, it was Civil War. It was and Civil Batman War. Superman yeah. almost came out on the same day, and that's like one of those things that. Both studios would have suffered from it, but I would have loved it so much. Like, because I would, I would have, have bought loved, two tickets. Yeah, I would, I would, I would have, have seen both that, that day. <laughs> like seeing the advanced screenings and everybody cosplaying as different comic book characters. And I don't know if we're going to... It get, would have caused a riot at the theater, to be honest. It would have been cool. <laughs> to be honest, I would have bought both tickets and seen them both. I would have bought one, seen the movie, gone and have lunch, gone back to the theater, saw oh, yeah. the next movie. That's. <laughs> um, I don't know if we'll get that level of... Um, I guess, like, fan excitement for the Keanu Reeves weekend, but it's pretty right. interesting. It, it is, I mean, they do really seem like 
John, I feel like John Wick needs to move its release date because I feel like oh. that's the movie that's going to suffer because it's not as big of a studio movie and, you know, that right. sort of thing. And it's the same people are going to be seeing both movies. So I just realized because you brought up uh, the two DC, DC the, <coughs> the Batman, Superman, Civil yeah. War thing, I have to back up a little bit. The thing that I did watch this week, I got to go back to watching category. That's okay. I, I cannot believe I missed this. I feel like the most horrible fanboy on the face of the planet <laughs> because I missed this. Um, crisis happened this week. Yeah, I was expecting you to talk about this. I, I don't know why I glazed I over haven't it. Watched I was literally it, like, but... I was literally like putting the show together. I'm like, what did I watch? Oh, I watched Maisel. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna. I'm like, um, I do not want to overhype Crisis. I really don't on the CW, the Crisis on mm-hmm. Infinite Earths crossover. I really don't. But it's awesome. Cool. And the thing that blows me away is the level. And we've talked about them incorporating aspects of the DC universe from all the visuals. I thought it was just television. It is not. Oh, I mean, I thought we kind of talked about that. Well, we, right. But here's the thing. Like they, Kevin Smith did his, these after shows. Yeah. So he did like after hour one, he did like a talking dead after show kind of a thing for crisis called crisis aftermath. And then after hour three, he did another episode. And he's not going to do another episode until after hour five because we have to wait till January fourteenth to find out how this ends. Yeah, we watched the first three hours and now we got to wait. So they were talking, and one of the executive producers was on the show, and he asked him if everything is included, movies as well, and he said absolutely in this multiverse. So it's all connected. But some of the things that like. I wish we would have spent more time, but, like, Earth-89 is a reference to Batman-89. I don't want to tell you what was cool. on screen, but it was awesome. Cool. You know what I mean? Like, so when they talked about things, um, and you're just like, it, it was completely mind-blowing to see some stuff. That's and awesome. That's, and I don't yeah. want to spoil it, but I, I, feel like, I, I feel like there's someone out there waiting for all five hours to be together before they watch the Crisis crossover. Yeah. But there's some really, really great things they did. And I like how the Earth numbers, a lot of them correlated to when the show or movie aired. So Earth 2003 is... Um, oh, yeah, like that's, retu- that's Bad Superman Returns, I'm um, assuming? Or? That was Birds of Prey. Oh, okay. You okay. know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, they they were very, like clear about that stuff which cool. was great so this is this is making me more excited i have seen spoilers for this online because the internet is the internet uh, yeah exactly when you're not even trying to find them stuff gets shoved in your face so i know about certain things that happened which kind of uh pisses me off for back of a, to be honest, of a better term in but. terms of the overall story i could probably tell you every cameo the extra earth like spoiler yeah and it wouldn't affect and it would not affect the story that they're telling. As far as I know, I've heard big story things that happen. Oh, okay. So, and that's like the cameos and the Easter eggs is kind of what's making me excited to actually go and watch this. I don't know if I'm going to watch... I I haven't decided if I want to watch these first three episodes, right? Or if I want to just wait for everything to be released and watch it all. What I like about the break is that how the third hour ends, it's very... Um, the third true hour. Yeah. <laughs> the way the the way Crisis Hour Three ends, it's very Infinity War to Endgame. Okay. So when we come back for Hour Four and Five, like you know what I mean, like that's how I feel. Like 
if that makes sense. Okay. So um, I'm kind of I kind of like the fact that there was the break. Okay. And I and like in previous crossovers, I would wait till it was all done, and then I binge the crossover all together in like one sitting, because Kevin Smith had his after shows. I was watching them add on time. Yeah. Because I didn't want to like. You well, know, that's the other question. Is like I kind of want to watch the Kevin Smith after shows, but yeah. then you watch them every other episode or not? I guess it depends. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess it depends on what you want to do. I might but. just do it that way, just to like savor the whole experience. But yeah. Um, I do want to ask, because I saw they released a new uh, poster for just the event, like the crossover event, and uh, I don't know if this is a spoiler at all, but is Brainiac in it? Oh, you think that, I wanna, oh, I think I know what you're at, you're about to ask me, and if that that's, character is not that Brainiac? That brand character is not Brainiac. Okay. And I might be just completely stupid, and it's some and other if you've, character. And if I you want, know, and or... if you're listening to this right now, and you're like, "I'm gonna Google the Crisis poster," it's the guy in the middle of the poster. Yeah, <laughs> it's not Brainiac. Um, it's something else. Okay, um, is it spoilers? Like, I shouldn't know who it is, or? Well, I mean, to be honest, if you know the Crisis story, yeah, and you take a real good look at the poster, you could probably figure out who it is. <laughs> Fair but enough. But I, for those people that might not be as familiar with the DC universe, if I just say what it is, it might ruin the cross it might ruin the crossover so i don't i'll just leave it at that. so i'm okay i don't want to get too caught up on it okay fair enough i just know um, this i just feel like there's someone who's waiting for all five hours to be collected and i don't want yeah to ruin we it don't for have the person. to say too much but here's the thing this the other argument is that the uh, comic book for crisis on infinite earths has been out since the 80s so that's true you know what i mean so somewhere along the way the story's all <coughs> and i'm sure it's not going to be exactly the same so it's definitely different but it's very cool what they're trying to do with the shows they have to tell the story yeah. and it's it's incredible what they're doing so um i did see so the the second poster i'm assuming they released or one of the posters they released had like a white background did you see that one oh uh, yeah okay that's the one where i thought he looked like brainiac so oh. i just looked at the other one and i didn't think he really did so that's fair that's fine <laughs> we can move on <laughs> i can tell i can tell you yeah. who it is i'm off okay How's that? um let's move on so we talked about uh carol spinney we talked about the matrix and um john wick um okay so let's talk about clerks real quick uh the movie clerks that we all know and love from kevin smith um, has been added to the National Film Registry. Okay. So congratulations, Kevin Smith. <laughs> I think that's awesome. He's got some very uh, colorful uh, commentary about his appreciation for it, so by all means, check out his podcasts, or uh, you could probably look up his And what does that mean, the National Film Registry? Well, it's kind of like... like it's, it's, <coughs> it's basically uh, the Library of Congress has a... It's the same thing, yeah. the Library of Congress. Yeah, so thing. it's okay. just the fact that, you know what I mean, and I just, I think that's awesome. So it's joined, what, The Empire Strikes Back, what's some other, like, what's some other movies that the top five report audience would love that's um, in there? Well, Star Wars is in there for sure. I'm gonna, is I would is actually, a New Hope in there? For some reason I thought it was just Empire. A New Hope but, is in there for okay. sure because of its impact on the film industry, and Jaws is okay. probably on there, Casablanca, The Exorcist, I'm just... I, I would actually if, have is to... Return of the Jedi in there yet? Because I remember it was, like, I want to say around, like, 2010, 11, like, somewhere around there, like, about 10 years ago-ish, I heard about Empire being added, so... Um, and um, this is another just tangent we're going on <laughs> that we probably don't need to, but... No, it's totally fine. What yeah. I'm going to do is I'm probably going to try and Google this. Okay, so The Big Lebowski, uh, <coughs> Matrix, Pulp Fiction, Blade Runner... Uh, Fargo, Beauty and the Beast, Back to the Future, 2001, uh, Fantasia, 
Um, yeah, Star Wars Empire Strikes Back is in there. Uh, Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid. Ooh, Double Indemnity. I didn't think that made it. That's a really good movie. Um, Alien, Boys in the Hood. Um, it's actually a lot. American it, Graffiti, Psycho, the original. Um, a lot of them are very old school. Uh, Dog Day Afternoon. I love that movie, by the way. But a lot of them go. are like very. Um, and this isn't a bad. And I'm thing literally at all, just listing off as I see them. I feel like this registry is not as um, stringent as I thought it was as far as, like, accepting movies. Because for some reason, I just thought, like, certain ones you said I just didn't expect to be Superman in Superman the movie. Right. And that's, like, Superman. I didn't know that I necessarily expected that to be in there, but that's awesome that sure. it is, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's just, the, it's probably, there's probably the issue is, does this movie have a serious impact on life? You know what I mean? So that's probably how that's determined. I'm not entirely sure. I could look that up for a future episode if you'd like. But, yeah. Um, There's some committee that deems it, like, whether this movie is worth being remembered or not, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so let's talk about uh, Venom 2 for real quick. Uh, Venom producer uh, Matt Tolmack indicated the upcoming sequel may potentially be given an R rating classification. Now that that works for superhero movies. Okay. Thoughts? Um, so it works for, the, it the works for Deadpool was, for the sure. The first one was rated R? No, no, the first Venom oh. was rated PG-13, but it works for Deadpool for sure, <laughs> and it works for the Joker. <coughs> so I don't know. I really feel pretty indifferent to this whole thing at this point, but my, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't want to, like, say, like, I don't care about the story, but it's just, like... I guess I'm just, like, at a point where, like, yeah, that's cool, it's rated R. Like, it's not, like, it doesn't shock me in any way at this point. I just, I don't want the rated R thing to become the standard, because that's not the thing. Like, I don't want to see a rated R version of Squirrel Girl. I don't want to get there. Right. Do you know what I mean? That's not how we but should I don't, be treating it. But I don't think we're there. Like, I don't, I don't think we're anywhere near I don't think we're there. I think there's certain characters that do require rated R yeah. Levels because of certain subject matter. I mean, if you were going to do another Punisher, I hope that it's rated R. I mean, you know, so. I kind of see the flip side, though, where, like, I'm somebody who's, like, all through life, even as an adult, has loved cartoons and superheroes and stuff. And I am actually kind of glad to see more adult related, like, really adult related Superman, superhero movies or animated series and stuff. Like, I think there is a balance, but, like, at the same time, I feel like. Even if you go and look at DC, which is, you know, the darkest of the dark comic book universe, like, I feel like Shazam is, for the most part, like, kid-friendly and Aquaman and stuff. And, yeah, there's scary parts and aspects, but those are still PG-13, and everything, for the most right. part, seems to still be PG-13, so I guess I'm not, I'm not worried about it, necessarily, but... I'm not worried about it, I just... So here's the thing, Spider-Man is gonna be kind of split right now for just a little bit longer MCU yeah. versus the Spider-Verse. Um, to involve him in the Spider-Verse, we could be very well seeing... We're gonna get to see Spider-Man coming up in another solo mm -hmm. film, and the next time we see Spider-Man, it could be rated R. Okay. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, I don't... I feel like if you take Spider-Man... <coughs> And move him into that R-rated category, it's going to pull him away from the kids. No, and I, that's actually a really good point, to be honest. Um, and, I, and the only reason I say Spider-Man could be rated R is because Venom could cause that to kick over. Yeah. Especially no, I mean, if we're dealing with Carnage. And if we've all seen Venom, 
we all know there's a chance we're dealing with carnage. Um, so just going back because I can't remember what you said. Was it the director said it was rated R or the studio? Or? It was the uh, executive producer said they're considering it. Oh, okay. It's not a official. Yeah. It's like they're looking into it because it now works. I can't because because Deadpool. Look at what Deadpool did. <coughs> yeah. Deadpool, Deadpool, and Deadpool 2. And then the Joker be, make, is the first rated R film to make a billion dollars. And now they're like, oh, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah, I still I still don't know. Like, I can't imagine them doing a, like you said, a Spider-Man movie that's rated R. Like, I just can't, ima- like, especially the wide, like, maybe there will be the director's cut that's rated R, similar to the sure. ultimate cut of Batman v Superman, but... To have a theatrically released movie that features Spider-Man that you can't take your kids to, like, I just can't picture any studio doing that because Mm. the money is really the bottom line and they're going to want to sell, you know, those tickets to kids and their parents, so. Right. Well, yeah, that's a good point. (coughs) I don't know. We'll just, we'll see what happens is all I got to say about it. I just wanted to point it out because we're going to be looking at rated R. Uh, <laughs> comic book movies coming down the pipe. Yeah. So, I, hey, I'm an adult. I can go see him. I just <laughs> I don't want Spider Man to be taken away from the kids. So you know what I mean. Like, let's, yeah. let's not get there. Now, if we never mind. <laughs> I was gonna make some joke about like if we make sure Venom's rated R, will t- Tom Holland definitely not be in it? Oh, sort of I don't know. Look, at the end yeah. of the day, I want my I want my uh, uh, Venom Spider Man crossover. So. That's what I want. All right. Uh, let's move on to some DC stuff real quick. Um, so, the do you remember when we talked about a Batgirl movie coming? Uh, yeah. Okay. And if you read the comic books, Batgirl is a part of the Birds of Prey. And that's the one thing they haven't been talking about with the Birds of Prey movie. Yeah. Okay. So, Batgirl will not appear in Birds of Prey. Technically, for me to say that is a spoiler. <laughs> but the reason is because... <laughs> she is not allowed to be in Birds of Prey because her solo movie is still in development. Okay. So they, I think they want to establish the character on her own before they cross her over with her. I movie. honestly had forgotten about Batgirl ever like being in, like a component of that film because nothing has like hinted at it at all. All the promotional stuff has excluded Batgirl. Like I just if you were going to say, like, they're about to reveal that Batgirl is going to be in Birds of Prey, that would have been more of a surprise to me, I guess. So, I don't know. I don't know if you have any thoughts on it. I'm, I'm sure you want to see Batgirl in there, but I don't know. Like, Well, I would love to because she's a part of the team. Yeah. Like, in the comic book, she's a part of the team. But I also look at it going, yeah, I want to see a Batgirl solo film. Would I want to see it before or after? It doesn't really matter to me because I don't know what they're trying to do. Yeah. But I want to see a Batgirl movie, so I'm down. I can't remember. Did they cast Batgirl yet? No. Okay. Did you remember? I don't know if we talked about it on the show, but I heard about what uh, what Warner Brothers said they were looking for in a Batgirl actress, uh, which no, I thought was I really don't. funny. I could probably Google the, that. Well, so. they, they said something to the effect of they were looking for a Kristen Stewart prototype is like the phrasing <laughs> they used, which I have no idea what that means. That means we'd like to cast Kristen Stewart, but she's too old for the role, so we want someone younger. I guess that's a good <laughs> that's a good way to say it. It's it was, it was just really funny because I was talking to some people at work about it. And we're like, I have no idea what that even means, but that's really that's funny. funny. Yeah. Um, did uh. <coughs> Yeah, that yeah, that's really hilarious. Um, <laughs> I you totally caught me off guard. No, it's fine. 
<laughs> um, let's move on, and maybe I'll think of trying. Maybe I'll come back to what I was thinking about. Um, well, Wonder Woman eighty four is coming. Yeah. Did now. I completely forgot to put these. There's two things I just realized I forgot to put on the whiteboard, but we'll yeah. see if you can fill the void because I'm not going to stop the show right now anyway. Did you see the Wonder Woman trailer? Oh, yeah. Okay. Holy crap. Does that look incredible? It looks awesome. It looks incredible. And here's something I got to say in the favor of Zack Snyder. Say what you want about him as a director. <laughs> whether you like his movies or not, whether you liked Batman Superman or whether you're back on the Snyder cut like we are, the visual language of Wonder Woman still looks like the visual language carried over from the Zack Snyder visual language that he established. Yeah. Like, Patty Jenkins, even though she's making another amazing movie that just looks fantastic, she's still using that visual language that was established because of just consistency. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, the Wonder Woman trailer looks great. I was hoping to see a glimpse of Cheetah as Cheetah. Oh, yeah. I was thinking the same thing. But I'll let that go. That's the first trailer. We'll probably get it in the second trailer, or we won't get it until the movie. I'm curious... Is she going to actually appear in costume and stuff like that? Like, there's a lot of questions, I guess, that yeah, are out there. Yeah, I know. And I, I just was hoping for a glimpse, but yeah. that's okay. Um, the biggest thing in that trailer that I got super pumped about was, and this is totally a spoiler, so warning, Wonder Woman spoiler, she's uh, swinging on her lasso on lightning bolts. She's swinging on, <laughs> she's swinging on, that, there's a lot of lasso but, work in that trailer. But, but the but. lightning bolts, I was like, holy crap, I didn't even know that she could do that. Like, I didn't know Wonder Woman it could makes do you that, wanna go look. So it makes cool. you want to go look it up. Show me and evidence. And that's so, like, <laughs> feels really, like, larger than life and, like, mythic. Like, that's, like, right. Greek it's god very, It's very and, god level. Yeah. And that's... And that's a distinction that I thought was really cool. I heard there's a podcast I was listening to a while, a long time ago, and they were talking about, they were basically doing a difference between DC and Marvel discussion. They weren't yelling like most fans do, <laughs> but they were having a, they were having a very civilized conversation. And were they talking movies or shows? Or? Movies, shows, comic books, it didn't matter. It was okay. DC characters versus Marvel characters. And it wasn't a who wins in a fight. It was basically, let's have a conversation and be legitimate about this conversation. Yeah. And they talked about how Marvel has superheroes and DC has gods. Right. And that was the distinction. And when you watch a Marvel movie, you see superheroes. But when you look at these DC movies that have been coming out, every character feels very godlike to me. And oh, yeah. I feel like that's just a visual translation of these characters so that's what i liked about what snyder brought to the table because he just the way he would film batman or superman or any of the characters i felt like he had this there was this sense of like this is larger than life and like right yeah it's not realistic yeah they don't necessarily look realistic but they look larger than life they look bigger like they have a big presence and i really appreciated that um i was i really find the the differences between like Marvel and DC characters I always find really fascinating. I think a lot of the not all of them, but a lot of the DC characters just come from an older time period in a lot of ways. Like they were like a lot of them were just like golden age characters that were really idealized and I think um when Stan Lee started making a lot of the Marvel characters, he kind of humanized a lot of them where these DC characters were like almost like tall tales, like they were like gods from these like children's stories and i think that's what really gives them that sort of idol or god sort of status so sure i don't know um well yeah 
It's yeah. Well, the reason I brought up, <coughs> yeah, we wanted to talk about Wonder Woman, but apparently Warner Brothers is reportedly in development of a spinoff film based on the Amazonians. Okay, I mean, and with Patty Jenkins working on it. Oh, sweet. Um, so I feel like that's going to be the good guy version of the Furies, if you know your DC comics, um, and you know about the Furies from the Planet Apocalypse. Cool. Which is kind of cool because of the history when you watch Justice League, and they mm-hmm. give you the history of Steppenwolf and the armies from Apocalypse. Right. So I thought that'd be cool. We'll see what happens. I think it's cool. I wonder if, is Patty Jenkins a producer or director? It doesn't say. It's, it'll it just be, says with Patty yeah, Jenkins. But it's almost going to be like kind of cool if Patty Jenkins almost gets her weird little like Amazonian pocket universe where she starts producing these films and then picking like young up-and-coming directors that she wants to see like do different films and like and i like that sort of language stuff. she sneaks Zack snyder in the back door <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. um well to real quick finish up the dc news um because i feel like we're running long uh <coughs> dc released a quick update of their movies releasing uh in order birds of prey in february followed by wonder woman 84 on june and then the next, the following year in 2021, we get The Batman, followed by The Suicide Squad, followed by Black Adam. Then we jump uh, farther ahead to 2022, and we get an animated film, DC Super Pets. <laughs> okay. Clearly that one's for the kids. Nice. Followed by um, The Flash on July 1st. Um, I'm bummed about the release date because it's July 1st and everyone has family plans and it's 4th of July weekend and yeah. that's a real pain, but whatever. Followed by Shazam 2 and then followed by Aquaman 2, which has no, which is untitled at the moment. I mean, it all sounds really fun. Yep. I'm looking forward to it. The biggest uh, shocker for me in that list is uh, The Flash. Because yeah. if you, like, I'm sure you've been following this, Drew, but The Flash has been in production hell for years. Yep. And um, I want to say, weren't... Um, they announced they announced an official release date. It's, like, August something. August 1st. Weren't, like, uh, Chris Lord and Peter Miller directing yep. The Flash at one yeah. point? And then they left Flash to do Solo. Do I have that timeline right? Yeah, I think so. And, and, then, so, they, and then they got fired from Solo and went and did other yeah, things. So. Yeah, but my point is, like, that's how long... They've been trying to figure out how to make a Flash movie. And there's, it's like, this is like before pre-production and for all Solo of us, started. And all of us as fans are reaching up to our bookshelves and grabbing Flashpoint and saying, do this. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, like, they had, like, Robert Zemeckis was going to direct it for a short Robert Zemeckis time would be cool director for that. but Yeah, it would be cool. I think um, it's exciting that they've set a new release date. I hope it happens. I really enjoyed... Ezra Miller and the Justice League as Flash. And I feel like with kind of the newer vibe, and like I know we talked about DC still has that Zack Snyder visual language there, but like if you look at Shazam or Wonder Woman or Aquaman, they definitely have a new vibe to their movies at the same time where it still has that same sort of design work and uh, cinematography and stuff going, but it's kind of the more lighthearted side of that. And I don't know. I mean, you can disagree with me if you if you want or if you no, think I, I'm off base, no, but fine, I'm kind of wondering if because they kind of have that more upswing as far as like how jovial their movies and stuff, maybe it the development for the Flash movie will come a lot more naturally and they'll actually make a Flash movie. I know I'm like going about this in a roundabout yeah, no, way, fine. but... I don't know if that all makes sense. Like, maybe DC's in a new place where it's going to be easier for them to make The Flash than they were 
four or five years ago when they were first trying to make it. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> we shall see. Yeah. Um, all right, moving on. Uh, Star Wars, real quick. Um, so we haven't talked about our thoughts on Episode Nine yet. This episode it hasn't come out yet. For us, the episode <laughs> it hasn't come out yet. Because by the time... <laughs> By the time this episode releases, so if I've done my scheduling correctly, yeah. this episode will release on J- December 23rd, which means we've all seen episode 9. Hey, loved it from the future. <laughs> um, yeah. No, so uh, episode 9 is coming. Um, I just think this is really interesting because for those of us who are going to go see the movie and then hear this podcast afterwards, um, it's really interesting to hear this quote from J.J. Abrams to say, it was really important that we are not just redo things you've seen but add new elements which we knew would infuriate some people and thrill others we wanted to make sure that this picture also showed aspects of the force in ways that go beyond what we've seen before great quote i just think it was interesting to read that now before so because i haven't seen the movie in hindsight you're going to hear what this I'm, after the, <laughs> What I'm hearing is they're resurrecting everybody. <laughs> uh, everyone has a yeah. Force resurrection. Um, the other piece of uh, Star Wars news that I wanted to bring up <coughs> is uh, Mandalorian creator Jon Favreau says, we will learn about Baby Yoda's backstory throughout the first season. So they're actually going to give us some answers to Baby Yoda, which is great. Or we should probably call him the child at this point. Yeah. I'm, I'm, at that. I'm really interested... Um, one of the best parts of just the original Yoda character is how mysterious he is, and I don't want him to lose a lot, some of that intrigue. So I'm really curious how they're going to ha- handle the baby Yoda thing, but so far I've been liking everything they've been doing on that show. So yeah. we'll see how it goes. Um, I agree. Uh, I don't want to lose the mystery for Yoda, but I do want to... Um... I want to know more about where this character comes from because yeah. we're suddenly getting to see this side of that species that we have never known before. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Well, um, are you uh, ready to do the list? Yep. Oh, wait. One more thing on the whiteboard before we move on. Did you watch the Ghostbusters trailer? Yeah. Holy <laughs> crap. Okay. Um, this is the Ghostbusters movie we deserved. Oh, I absolutely agree. Holy with that. crap! Yeah. This movie, it gave me the chills. It gave, it was everything I needed it to be. It was everything I wanted to see. It was. Oh, I am. <coughs> I'm so pumped for this Ghostbusters movie just because of that trailer. It it looks like the movie they always everybody thought they were gonna give us where it was. I know, and I feel really the Ghostbuster. Everybody kind of thought it was gonna be the original Ghostbusters handing the reins down to like a younger group of. I don't know if it was kids or if people thought they'd be adults, but a younger group who are going to take over. And this movie seems to kind of do that really indirectly, but it's still, like you said, it's really cool. Um, I get, keep, go, go on, I know no, I just interrupted you. I feel bad that I say that because I enjoyed the Peter Feig movie. Peter Feig, Feig, however you say his last name, with the yeah. girls. Yeah. I enjoyed the movie, but it is not nearly what I was hoping for, nor did it have any true connection to the original two films. Yeah. It was like its own little machine out there in the world, like, hey, we're doing this thing. And my complaint with doing that with the all-female cast was they said they were doing an all-female cast without a script. So they kind of basically forced themselves to do it. They didn't let the movie... They didn't create the story first and then figured it out. 
Yeah. Where this, it feels like they figured out what they were planning on doing before they cast it and did anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and that trailer, like, wowed me like nobody's business. Like, I'm just, I'm so happy for what we saw. Yeah. Um, I think everything you're saying is right on the money. Like, the trailer looks great. Everything about the story looks awesome, too. I And I do want to kind of play devil's advocate a little bit because I did get a little bit of uh, Stranger Things vibes and uh, as well as vibes from, like, It Chapter 1. And that's fine because I love, like, kind of the throwback nostalgia take they have on it. But I just think it's funny that Finn Wolfhard is in all of those properties. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And they all have, like, kind of a similar vibe. I don't necessarily think that Ghostbusters is trying to rip off Stranger Things or anything like that. I just thought it was kind of funny how they have, like, a slightly similar vibe, and it's like, well, Finn Wolfhard's going to be in all the movies like this, apparently. But it was interesting to see glimpses where she's got the... uh, the EKG meter, and then she opens yeah. up the closet, and it's got the uniforms in there, and then you see the proton, the dusted off oh, proton yeah, yeah. pack, and then you see the car in the garage, and you're just like, oh my god! And then the the gunner seat on the car. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry that that's technically a spoiler for me to say it if you don't watch trailers, <laughs> but the gunner seat on the car that's from the toy. Back when I was a kid, you know what I mean? Like that's <laughs> I didn't that's, even think about that. That's amazing. Cool. Like yeah. someone looked at that old toy and went. <laughs> We got to put the gunner seat on the car, you know, so, um, yeah, just awesome. I'm so much more, like, I was excited before. I'm so excited now. Absolutely, yeah. um, Yeah, you ready to talk the list? Yeah. All right, it's it's Christmas. It's time to talk the list. So, Ryan, roll the thing. And now for the top five. All right. So, um, this wasn't anyone's pick. We basically uh, went with, uh, this is our Christmas episode, so we're going to talk something Christmas. Last year, on Christmas, we did our all-time favorite Christmas movies, just Christmas movies in general. Um, I have been watching Office Christmas Party a lot lately. Oh, it's I've a, never it's seen a that really, like It's yeah. such a funny movie, and nice. it's just been on, so I've just been watching it, and it's <laughs> just it's actually starting to climb the list of my favorite nice. Christmas movies, and I wonder how it would stack up if I went back and redid that list. Okay. But nice. we're not doing that tonight. <laughs> um, <clears throat> tonight we're talking about our five favorite Christmas specials slash television episodes from, like, well, television history. And I had to do a lot of digging when I kind of put those two in the same thing, because there's not as many Christmas specials as I thought there were. Yeah. Um, and so... I thought it was kind of interesting, and there's multiple lists, so I was kind of digging through it, and I was like, wow, there's not as many as I thought, and then um, I started looking at television episodes of things that I just love, so um, my list uh, started out really broad, and I ended up getting it narrowed down pretty quick, so um, did you find this difficult to do? I absolutely did. Um, I've kind of said it before on the podcast, but okay, so the thing about... Christmas TV is, like, a lot of, like, Christmas pieces of entertainment I hold dear, I think, are just things that meant a lot to me growing up, and... I have a feeling you and I are going to match a chunk here. We probably will. While there was, like, a lot of shows that I loved growing up, I never was, like... It really took me a long time to be the kind of guy who watches, like, every episode of something that he likes, because... 
I mean, back in the 90s and before, shows were very episodic. It was like you catch an episode here, you catch an episode there, and it doesn't really matter what happens in between. So I think there's a lot of shows where I missed Christmas episodes on, and maybe I liked the show a lot, but I never saw it. So I actually was finding the list really hard to put together. But I did get, I do have a solid list that I'm actually really happy with, but I just found it a lot harder than I thought. In the sitcom category, there's a lot of television shows I've watched sitcom wise where I'd get excited (coughs) I'd get excited around Halloween and Christmas because those are like two holidays that television shows always try and hit on. Yeah. Uh, like modern families uh, like Roseanne is legendary for their Halloween episodes, but like modern families Halloween episodes are Amazing, right? Um, you know what I mean. So there's kind of an interesting like test of time with it too, though, because like for something to make my list, it had to be like something that it's either something new that I loved that I love, or it's something that I loved as a kid. And when coming back to the list and thinking back on it, I still like it because there was parts there was like Christmas episodes I considered, but I was like. I really don't care about, like, the Boy Meets World Christmas episodes, sure. for example, anymore, and stuff like that. So it is right. kind of an interesting test of time, right. I guess. So, um, Well, how about this? Do you have... Um, I have two honorable mentions, actually. Well, then I'll let you go first, because I only have one, and then that way you'll knock out one, and I'll do my one, and then I'll okay. move it in. So. so my first one is very weird. It is very obscure, and I'll be surprised if a lot of the audience knows it, but it's... Uh, Santa versus the snowman. So this <laughs> this is a Christmas special that was shown on, uh, I don't know if it was WGN or ABC. It was one of those like basic like cable networks. And, like an uh, after school special? Uh, it, like a, it was just a Christmas special, but it was basically just a 3D like CG animated movie about Santa Claus getting ready for Christmas and then all of a sudden he gets attacked by this snowman character and the snowman has like an army of like other snowmans and stuff and it's really just this goofy like 20 minute thing where you just see Santa Claus and the snowman uh, duke it out a lot so like Santa's <laughs> elves all get like armed with like crazy like snowball guns and stuff the biggest reason I wanted to watch this because this came out when I was in like sixth grade or something but I was such a big Star Wars fan and uh, there's one thing they showed where it had um, the snowman, like, part of his, like, army were these, uh, they look like ATSTs, but they had, like, igloos on their top, and then out of the igloo, like, opening, it would shoot giant snowballs out of it, <laughs> and that was the one thing that I saw in the preview where I was like, oh, that looks so awesome, so this is, and I think it's just because of that stupid igloo ATST thing, as a kid, like, I thought that looked so cool. I taped it with, like, my VHS tape, and I watched this uh, special a couple times. It's really weird. It's really obscure. It's really dumb when I think back on it, but it's just kind of, like... I have never seen this. It was a fun this. one, so I don't know. I thought I'd mention it, right. so... Um, well, my, uh... <laughs> By the way, sorry, one oh, more boy. thing. Uh, my mother hated, uh, Santa Claus versus the Snowman because Santa Claus is very mean in it. <laughs> <laughs> because the whole thing's about him battling a snowman. Sure. So. Anyways, go on. Well, my honorable mention for the night, and it's... And, I, and people are probably going to be surprised that I say it because of my love for Star Wars, but it, my honorable mention is the Star Wars Holiday Special. Nice. Um... It can't make it cannot make the list because honestly, it's not good, um, and it is legendarily not good. Everyone knows that. Every Star Wars fan knows that. <laughs> however, however, if they were to make a 
If they were to re-release the Star Wars Holiday Special on Blu-ray, I would have to get it because it's a collection completion thing for the collection. Oh, yeah. Um, I know it's on YouTube and I can watch it, but it is not good. It's all over um, the place on YouTube. We were actually watching it um, at my office. We were watching it last year around Christmas, and it was just kind of this really great thing to have on. So when people walk into the room, they just feel like, what the heck are you watching sort of thing? <laughs> right. I, I just really but, appreciate but it. But I'll tell you, because of certain lines of dialogue, it is directly canon. And if the Star Wars holiday special didn't exist, we wouldn't get Boba Fett. We wouldn't get the Mandalorian. He wouldn't be carrying... Yeah. He wouldn't be carrying... The Mandalorian wouldn't be carrying the rifle that he's carrying because that's directly from the holiday special. So they've never forgotten it, but they've always kind of pushed it under the carpet and goes, no one knows that's there. and <laughs> Let's pretend it's not there. Um, so... That little um, animated short in there that has the first appearance of Boba Fett, like, I really do enjoy that. Just, yeah, like, that yeah. short animated film in itself is worth it. Like, the rest of the holiday special is ridiculous, but I'm glad that it exists just for that, like, piece of film in there, <laughs> and if you, know? you And if you really don't know about the Star Wars holiday <laughs> special, you, you gotta understand... If you don't know about this, you gotta understand that this was made... This was, like, a forced make. Like, they were... The, the studio yeah. is kind of like, crap, everyone wants more Star Wars. What are we supposed to do? And people were begging for it, so they basically put it together for the sake of having more Star Wars. I'm really curious because, like, I wasn't around when it first aired, obviously, but I'm kind of curious if it was that unusual when it first came out. or if Because it, it's, like, oh. filmed, like, this weird, like, variety show where, like... All of a sudden, there's like a weird dance number. You mean like, like something else? And it's you mean all like, like, did the TVs get turned off? And everyone was like, "What the hell was that?" Yeah, I feel like people probably just thought it was like a variety show that was the Star Wars themed, and right. it wasn't a big deal. That's but interesting. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, looking back on it, it's it's ridiculous. Of What's course. Uh, your honorable mention? Okay, so my next honorable mention is He Man and Shira, a Christmas special. Um, Drew, uh, I think you like taped. You had this taped on VHS from when you were a kid, and it's something that, uh, like, as brothers, like us and uh, Sean and Scott would like watch this. I wouldn't say every year, but we would kind of throw it on every couple Christmases, and it was kind of. I think I appreciate this just for the weirdness, like the weirdness of a master of Masters of the Universe and what it is, and just. Kind of the reactions you can get out of people for putting it on, but also just the reaction out of our mom, like, absolutely, like, having, no, like, you know, she's like, let's watch a Christmas movie. We're like, sweet, let's watch the He-Man Christmas special, you know, and that was always you really know, funny. I have a very fun, I have a very fond memory of this, um, and I, what's interesting about it is, have you gone back and watched some of the old He-Man um, very little, but I know okay. that it's super cringy. It's cringy yeah. because for the time it was, it doesn't hold up the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and what's interesting is I've gone back and watched He-Man and not enjoyed it, but then I've gone back and watched She-Ra and it's like they got their stuff together. So with all the, oh, with all the crossover, yeah. She-Ra is almost like the better show, but it's <laughs> in terms of progression, writing just got better. When you watch the He-Man Christmas special, if I like, I feel like it actually, in terms of the mental, uh, the the memory of watching it as a kid, it holds up. Okay. So. Nice. Um, at least in my head, it still holds up. I haven't seen it in a few years, but the last time I watched it, I was like, "Wow, this still is pretty cool." You know what I mean? <laughs> so, right. Yeah. Um. So yeah, yeah, He-Man. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's about all I have to say on right. it. Right. Uh, do you want to move into your first actual pick? Yeah, or? so my first actual pick, and it's going to make you laugh, is uh, Invader Zim. Nice. They did. We actually matched on We this, did? So okay. Yeah. Uh, Invader Zim did one. <laughs> uh, I was actually going to save it because I just think it's so good, but keep going. I I have more <coughs> I have more important ones on my right. list, so I wanted to, yeah, I had to... Um, put it here uh invade they only did one invaders in uh holiday episode and it's the most ridiculous holiday episode ever it basically takes place in the future and you find out that zim took over the planet because he learned about what santa claus was tried to become santa claus and then Mm -hmm. take over the human race because everyone would believe he's santa claus and it god it's just so it's so weird. It's so bizarre. And then you get the cool, like, song about the power of Santa. And, like, <laughs> and his oh, jo- I forgot and about his, yeah. And his jolly oh, boots of doom. It's and- funny <laughs> so I put this on my list because I know I love it. But I did, like, look at a summary online just to refresh my memory about, like, all the parts. And I totally forgot about that song. But as soon as you said it, I... the song's so catchy. Like, I can, I'm singing it in my head right now, which is really funny. <laughs> And his jolly um, boots of doom. Um, I also one of the other things that really struck out, and I'll let you talk about Invader Zim in a minute. No, but, yeah. Um, the uh, the snowman tells the the robotic snowman from the future is telling the story about what happened that one faithful Christmas Eve, and I have the, I I wish I could remember the kid's line of dialogue, but this one little <coughs> this kid with a British accent, yeah, he asks the most ridiculous question that the snowman doesn't know how to answer, and he just like tucks him under the chair. Like, oh yeah, no, no one talked to him. <laughs> And then he goes, as I was saying, (laughs) yeah, basically it was such a funny bit. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, go ahead. Oh no, this is just really great. It's, um, I think this is like at the core of it. It's one of my favorite kind of stories where the way this story ends, it has, it ends with consequence. So like in the universe of Invader Zim, the events from this story, still affect them every Christmas and it like re- it reveals some- and I don't want to spoil it but it's just really funny that they like the way it, they, it builds lore like that I really appreciate and I love those stories that leave you still thinking about how it affects their universe um but also like I don't know what to say that you haven't this is just weird and it's fun and it's one of those things that Makes you feel you good can, about yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of those things that you can probably th- show your, like, seven-year-old cousin or, like, your adult friend, and they're still going to get have just as much fun watching it. Right. So. Right. Sweet. Yeah. All right, since we matched, that goes back to me. So uh, that hits me with uh, the He-Man and She-Ra holiday special. Nice. Okay. <laughs> um, that beats Star Wars. Yeah, I know. Um, it's great. I like it. I don't need to talk more about it. It's just, yeah. Okay. Uh, that's back to you. Sweet. Uh, so my next one is a Simpsons Christmas episode. Um, it's called Simpsons Roasting on an Open Fire is the name of the episode. Do you know which episode this is at all? Or um, it's I'm getting a blank look, so I'm just going to no, say No, sorry. I thought I wrote something weird. Oh, it's, I think it's so. all good. Uh, it's basically the episode that tells how the family got sa- Santa's little helper. So Santa's little helper is the family oh, dog right in the Simpsons. Yeah. And uh, the whole story is about how... Homer is uh, kind of like really short on cash this, this Christmas. This is the one where Bart he, gets a uh, tattoo. Does he? <laughs> okay, yeah. Nice. <laughs> I don't even remember that part. I remember he, like Bart goes and gets himself a tattoo, and then Marge has to use all the Christmas money to get it removed. Oh, so that's why they're low on cash. Okay, I gotcha. But then like because that, the fact that I remember that, yeah, you know, because they're low on cash, Homer like tries getting like a part time job as as like a mall Santa and like. 
hijinks ensue from that, but it basically all boils down to the at the end of the episode, Homer basically places all of his money that's left on uh, dog races, and he actually loses all his money. But the losing dog of the race who Homer bet on is named Santa's Little Helper. And the owner of that dog is so pissed because the dog's lost so many races, he basically gives Homer the dog. Homer takes the dog home, and the family actually has a really good Christmas because they're all more excited about Santa's Little Helper than they would be about any other gifts they could have bought him. And it's just one of these cool things that... It's not the funniest episode of The Simpsons, but it's one of those episodes that just really like hits you in the feels and it's has a really good message and i think it's just one of those things that like you still get choked up thinking back on and it's it's just a good episode i don't know i don't yeah. know if you have any thoughts on it at all no, but not yeah. at all yeah i don't know <laughs> it's, it's a great episode i don't have like i know yeah. talked about it like i haven't seen that episode in a really long time yeah but, so it's one of those things though like thinking back on it i still think of like oh man like that was such a good like life lesson yet also like such a good like hit you in the feels sort of episode so yeah um and that comes back to me i guess um <coughs> so mine is uh, one of the friends episodes friends isn't really known for their christmas episodes because there's only like a couple and yeah if there's not a couple there's some that are like they're not really christmas yeah it's kind of like their episodes all kind of worked around christmas they have friends has like a lot of really good thanksgiving episodes yeah but they're not a lot of they're really christmas. known for that yeah. but they're the one christmas episode i want to focus on is the one with the holiday armadillo yep you we matched um, for this one oh too. we did yeah. all right interesting <laughs> i didn't think we were gonna match on this one, yeah but um yeah so that means we're probably gonna match on at least one more in my head yeah, we'll um see. but the uh the the holiday armadillo this episode basically ross wants to teach his son about his son Ben about Hanukkah and he doesn't know how to do it and Ben's all about Santa Claus so he goes to try and get a Santa Claus costume to kind of play Santa Claus for his son and he can't because it's too late and all the Santa costumes are rented out so he gets an armadillo yeah. <laughs> and decides to use that and just kind of do what he can I, it's so funny because it starts out and you're just like wow this is you don't really know how to take it yeah. And then Chandler walks in with the Santa Claus costume, and he's like, and Ross is like, hey, Santa, and he's like, hey, weird turtle man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it like, the dialogue in that episode is phenomenal. Uh, go ahead and chat a minute. But. Oh, I mean, I just love this episode. Um, you forgot to mention the part where Joey walks in after. I was going to like, oh, okay. get back to that. But. but, I mean, that's awesome, too, is, like, Joey shows up all of a sudden wearing a Superman costume. And I just love the whole, um, having that, like, sort of, uh, I don't know, that sort of, like, I'm trying to think of the right words to say it, but, like, a series of missteps that brings, like, this ridiculous group of costumed characters together. Like, I love the situation, I love the jokes that they make off of it, like, it's just really good. I don't know. It's... Yeah. No, it's... And it's, I, I don't want to say too much, because if you haven't seen it, I don't want to spoil a lot of jokes, too. But it's just... Yeah, it's just a classic um, Christmas episode. It's great when Joey walks in in the Superman costume. Yeah. And then later in the episode, Phoebe walks in, and she's like, why is Superman at the Easter Bunny's funeral? <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, it, there's so many great bits in that episode, but it's just I it made it's the one it's the one holiday episode that makes me laugh yeah. every time. I did just think of, and I don't know if it's a different episode or not, but there is another Christmas Friends episode I think, which is the one where Phoebe's really trying to write a Christmas song, 
And so, uh, and she wants to include all the characters' names. Yeah, in it. is that the same episode, or um, that's a different I, that's one? That's a right? different episode. Yeah. Cause but actually, that one's actually really good too. Of the ten seasons of Friends, <laughs> of the ten seasons of Friends, they only yeah. did like seven Christmas episodes. Okay, yeah. that's still more than I realized. Yeah, but. Uh, I ended up looking it up because I was like, "There's got to be more." But Friends, like you said, is known for their Thanksgiving episodes. Yeah, I think it's so. because Ross and Monica are jewish and that I, is a, I forget that you know all what the time, i completely forgot about that that yeah. is a very good point <laughs> i mean we were just Excellent. talking about him being the hanukkah armadillo or whatever no it just i never thought about that being the reason oh they yeah, do, yeah um they didn't do christmas episodes i mean there's been episodes where they've been like hey um i don't like when they're doing their gift exchange and he's like i don't need monica's name because i'm already getting her a present for hanukkah so yeah can we trade or you know that kind of thing so mm-hmm. yeah right on well, again, we match, so let's comes back to me, yeah. I guess. Um, and <laughs> this is what, and this is the one I think we're gonna. Match. I, I'm. I feel like you might have thought of something I didn't. Oh, even this is know the one about. I feel like we're gonna match okay. on, and that is the Muppets Family Christmas. Oh my God! No, I forgot about. Oh, this. Fi- yeah. yes, fantastic. <laughs> um, all right, so <laughs> I um, I'm just excited that we didn't match. Look at so my list. Means... I don't know if I'm. If it, it would have been like. On my short list, for sure. I don't okay. know why I forgot about it. This is a really good one. All right, but. so the Muppets Family Christmas, this is... <clears throat> I, it's no secret that I'm a big Muppets fan, but this episode, this episode, this was a legit TV special. It was like an hour, so cut down to commercials is 42 minutes. Um, this is one that I've actually tracked down and got myself a DVD copy of. Yeah. And I actually, this is one that I actually watch every single year. I literally love this, like, little special they yeah. did. And honestly, it's an excuse for Jim Henson to basically get the Muppets, the Sesame Street Gang, Fraggle Rock, like all oh, yeah, the brought everybody. They get into everybody it, yeah. in, and it's basically an excuse to get all the Muppets in one room and sing Christmas carols. Yeah, because essentially that's what it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so it's like they're all going to family Christmas at Fozzie's mom's house, and hilarity ensues from there. But there's so many good bits. There's so many good jokes, um, you know. And but there's some really great heartfelt moments that. Even as an adult, even though I've seen it as many times as I have, uh, make me tear up a bit, and it really gets you. And like even now that I have a kid, it, there's certain pieces of the you know, I uh, I get it. There's one um, one of the uh, comedy bits that I absolutely love um, is the icy patch at the front door. Like there's a patch of ice at the base of the front door, and everyone who walks in slips on the ice. And yeah. there's always someone that's like, oh, watch out for the icy patch. It's like a running gag throughout the movie or the special. And my kid, um, <coughs> someone slipped outside of our house one day coming in during yeah. the holidays. This was years ago. And I heard him yell. He was too young to do movie references. And I heard him from the other room go, oh, watch out for the icy, icy patch. <laughs> and I lost it. And yeah. then I just thought that was like the funniest thing. And then like a couple days later, he slipped and he goes, oh, I guess I didn't see the icy patch. <laughs> like it just become like became a running gag on our nice. house too. Yeah, and he still does it to this day, which is great. Um, and then another really funny bit that I loved is Bert and Ernie when they finally get in, they meet Doc from uh, Fraggle Rock, and they start doing this like um, they're like, "Hi, I'm Bert. I'm Ernie." And he's like, "I'm Doc." I'm like, oh, Doc, that starts with letter D. And he's like, "True." And he's like, "Oh, true. That starts with letter T." <laughs> and like they're going like they're telling him the letters yeah. that the words start with and he's like what is this he's like oh where we come from this is small talk like nice, that's yeah. hilarious it's Sesame <laughs> Street that's just that's hysterical like there's just funny little gags like that throughout the thing that make you chuckle I've actually yeah. always wanted to do the small talk bit in real life I just have never found a place to work it in 
Okay. <laughs> but no, this, but like I said, it's an excuse for them to get all the Muppets together and sing Christmas carols, and it's fantastic. Yeah. So. I don't know. I actually have no idea what to say about this that you haven't already said. Um, my only criticism oh, yeah. is they cut one scene. <coughs> they cut one scene for the blue, for the DVD copy, and I don't know why they cut it. Okay. It had to. There had to have been like a contractual thing. I don't know why, but it got cut out. It's some Which bit with, scene? There's a bit where Fozzie's building a snowman out in the yard, and then later the snowman becomes a character in the story. They oh. cut the scene where he's building the snowman. Oh. Okay. I, I don't know why that was not important, but whatever. Weird. It, and I know that I know where it gets cut away from. It bugs me yeah. when I watch it, but whatever. We'll see it in the snowman cut. Hopefully. Yeah, right. The yeah. Snow, hey, when we get the snowman cut of the Muppets Family Christmas. <laughs> and that's either a play on Snyder uh, Cut or We're starting cut, it whichever. right now. Release the snowman cut. Yeah, there you go. Watch Twitter not know what the heck that is. <laughs> Damn, you just stole my Twitter joke. <laughs> just kidding. Um, uh, yeah, I guess ahead. we can move on to my next one. So this is one, I don't think you have would have seen this, Andy. You might have, but uh, it's an episode from The Office in uh, Season 2, and the episode's called Christmas Party. And uh, I have not. This is a really funny episode. It's the episode where everybody at the office does a secret Santa, and the limit is $20, I believe. But Oh, is this Michael, the iPod one? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I Michael Scott this. buys an iP- a video iPod because he wants to like show everybody up, but then he gets pissed when he gets a homemade like uh, oven mitt, I think, <laughs> in return. And uh, then he starts this ridiculous like swapping of the present presents, and a lot of people had like specific people in mind for their present, so that causes a bunch of stuff. Especially there's a whole like plot with Jim making a special present for Pam and giving it to her. Um, my favorite part of the episode is actually after that all happens, Michael Scott decides to break more off his rules by buying a bunch of vodka for everybody to drink at the Christmas party. And uh, it has one of my favorite moments of the show where uh, Michael Scott's at the... Uh, what at the liquor store and he has like i think 15 bottles of vodka on the counter and he says to the guy there he's like does this look like it'll get 20 people drunk and the guy working there just goes yeah should do the trick <laughs> which i always love that joke but um this i think this is just a really good episode it's a it's a good Christmas episode. I don't know if it's as Christmassy as other things we've talked about, but uh, this one does hold a special place in my heart because the thing about The Office is most people don't like it on first viewing. It's a show that you have to watch, like, I feel like four or five episodes to actually start thinking it's funny because you have to learn the characters and stuff. And this is one of the first ones that I saw where I actually started to get the humor and i'm like okay i can actually see why people like this show and then of course from there like i ended up loving the series a lot but yeah there you go yeah all right well this brings me back to my last one yeah i highly doubt that we matched this one um, i yeah i would be, i would be shocked if we matched but you know me i have to somehow bring it back to batman nice um, yeah there is not a batman holiday special that i'm aware of <laughs> but um, and I feel like if there was a Batman holiday special, I would have seen it. Um, but this is an episode from the Batman animated series. Uh, there's a couple Christmas ones. This is not Christmas with the Joker. Yeah. Um, that one's cool, but I'm specifically referring to an episode uh, called Holiday Nights. Um, it's told in a three parts. Uh, the first part is uh, Harley Quinn and 
uh, poison ivy have um, used uh, poison ivy's like plant gas or whatever to mind control Bruce Wayne, and he is stuck taking him on a Christmas shopping spree, and they spend all of Bruce Wayne's money until he's able to snap out of it, become Batman, and nice lock him up. Okay, okay. so that's like the first like what seven minutes of the episode. Yeah. Then cut to Barbara Gordon is Christmas shopping for her dad at the mall. And suddenly these three kids are, like, running along and shoplifting stuff. And she sees them, and she's like, what the heck? And then when, like, someone calls out shoplifter, and then the police or the security guards go running for the kids, and the kids morph into Clayface. Okay. They, nice, like, yeah. they come together, and they become Clayface, and then Barbara Gordon has to throw on her Batgirl costume mm-hmm. and kick some, <coughs> yeah. kick some Clayface butt during the holidays. Really cool. That's actually my, one of my favorite parts that whole middle section of Batgirl is one of my favorite parts of the episode. Yeah. Um, but then cut to, and this holiday night, so it carries over into New Year's. Um, but they, it cuts into uh, Batman and Robin are on, they're trying to hunt down the Joker because he has threatened to, as the ball gets dropped in Gotham City, as the ball drops, everyone attending the uh, New Year's Eve special, uh, no, the New Year's celebration Eve celebration uh, or whatever, celebration yeah. or festivities uh, will be gassed and yeah. kill the city. Now, I will say it's not it's not Batman the animated series without a gas attack. It's for not episode. It, absolutely. <laughs> um, it's what's what strikes me as funny is when you rewatch that episode, they did not put enough people at the festivities for New Year's Eve outside. Oh, I'll have to watch that. <laughs> there's not enough of them, and you're yeah. just like, wow. There's not a lot of people that live in Gotham City, or there's not a lot of people willing to go outside at that time of night <laughs> um, because there just wasn't a lot of people on screen. Right. Um, however, uh, the thing that strikes, what makes this episode really amazing to me is the end. And I talked about this last year. Um, <coughs> but Batman and when it's all said and done, Batman and Commissioner Gordon meet to have a cup of coffee at a diner. It's cold. Commissioner Gordon walks in and the owner goes, oh, everyone's got to leave. He sees Commissioner Gordon. Yeah. He knows what's about to happen. Everyone's got to go. And then he kicks everyone out, and the owner goes and gets two cups of coffee, and Commissioner Gordon sits down in a booth, and Batman comes walking out of the back and sits down with him. Yeah. And they have a quick drink, and he said, well, we survived another one. I hope we can do this again next year. And Batman's like, me too. And they both take a drink of their coffee, and then before, and the Commissioner Gordon turns to say something to the uh, guy running the diner, and then he turns, and Batman's gone, and he's already paid for the bill. And Commissioner Gordon says, ah, Maybe next year I'll beat him to the check. Like, it's just such a touching, like, cool moment that at the end of the year, like, they just have this moment where they come and have this, like, one quick cup of coffee. Yeah. And then, you know, just yeah, respect, no, respect for soldiers, respect for warriors. Like, you know, we're in the war, we're on the war on crime together. We got to have yeah. this down moment. It's such a great touching moment. I love it. Yeah. So. And it's kind of a cool thing. Um, <laughs> and not that that moment's similar to anything in the Invader Zim episode we talked about earlier, but... In a similar way, every in the audience's mind, they still imagine Batman and Commissioner Gordon doing that every single year on New Year's. Yeah, and that's like kind of a cool and aspect to right. it. Yeah, right. Yeah. So anyway, but you know that's that's how I'm closing out. It's just a touching moment from a, a Batman thing that yeah. I love. So yeah. <laughs> so now moving to my last pick, <laughs> which I did not plan on this being this high on my list at all, but just because of we us just matching, kept matching stuff. stuff. My last pick is the Star Wars Holiday Special. So, <laughs> awesome. Um, this is a, something that's it's just weird. I feel like it's a relic from the 70s that it's just bizarre, but I'm glad that it exists because 
A, like I said, I do really enjoy that animated short uh, Boba Fett film, but also just like, it's weird, and you can, this is another good one that's good to put on to just kind of weird people out, I guess, so there you go. Uh, yeah, no, that's, <coughs> do you have any more you want to say about it, or did we cover I, it earlier? I, yeah, I don't know. Okay, <laughs> I don't know what I did, I did not it. expect you to bring this up again. So. I did think it would be funny, you know how, like, so I remember there's this one part, and I don't know how well, like, how much you've watched the Star Wars Holiday Special, like, as far as, like, seeing every part, but there's this part where, um, the little kid Wookiee, is he, do you remember his name at all, or, I don't remember his name, but, uh, um, there's this part, going. there's this part where he's watching this weird hologram thing that's, like, on a desk, and the hologram is these little, like, people who are all dressed in weird costumes, and they're doing, like, weird dancing and acrobatics and stuff, and I always thought it'd be funny to, like, cosplay as, like, one of those guys, and then go to, like, Star Wars Celebration and be, like, guy from the holiday special <laughs> in the little hologram video because i just think it's you know people there would know who you are but it's such an obscure weird deep Not, cut well what's weird about that is so when i was at celebration chicago um there were a couple people that walked past me in costume that i had to stop and try and remember where i saw that costume yeah like it was oh, familiar sure. and i was like where is that i was like oh it's <coughs> it's from the nightclub on episode two or yeah, oh yeah. it's from that i'm like wow like that's mm -hmm. a deep cut like you don't think when you go to like a convention you're gonna see something that deep yeah so it's uh that's a cool thing this is totally derailing the christmas vibes but that's a cool thing about cosplaying is if you can find that, like, a character from something that you know that not a lot, a lot of other people do, because then it's just really rewarding when somebody sees you and they're like, oh, you're so-and-so from this one show that nobody's watched, and you're like, yeah, exactly, I am, and it's just kind of a cool, like, thing that can happen, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, yeah. it's awesome. Um, so here's what we're going to do for next week. So we hope everyone had a wonderful Christmas, and, um, <coughs> but, uh, and that bringing us to the end of... I hope we can do this again next year. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> we are closing. We're closing 2019. We're closing the decade. The teens are over. We're moving into the 20s. Oh, yeah. And if you think about it, hey, it's the roaring 20s again. Here we go. Let's see yeah. what happens. Um, which means next year, uh, next year is 2020. Um, I really hope that they get Barbara Walters out for the um, New York... Uh, New Year's Eve spe special stuff so when the ball drops you actually get to hear Barbara Walters say I'm Barbara Walters and this is 2020 um, so <laughs> I hope someone on the planning committee heard this and uh, is going wait yeah. how, where do we get Barbara Walters <laughs> um, so at any rate uh, let's uh, what we're going to do next week since we're moving into a new year it's time to look forward to the future and we're going to talk about our top 5 favorite films that we are anticipating for next year or I can't say favorite movies yet, but our top five anticipated movies of the things we want to see the most next year. So it'll be interesting to cool. look up the list of what's coming out because we talk about it all the time. Hey, this movie's coming, that movie's coming. Yeah. There's going to be some golden gems that I think we're unaware of. Yeah. For this is year. one of my favorite um, episodes, too, like when we did it last year. I thought that was really fun. And yeah. Speculating is almost more fun than reviewing in a lot of ways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... If I've done my math right, if I've done my math right, this episode drops the week of Christmas. So in your travels to your family parties and stuff, 
I hope you have this is for you guys in the car. So enjoy it. Um, and then our next episode is, like I said, if I've done my math right, will release the week of New Year's Eve. So you'll be going into 2020 hearing about some great anticipated movies that we're excited about. Um, do you have anything else to add before I do our outro? Uh, no, that's about it. Great. Yeah. Well, if you guys would do us a favor and check out our website, top5report.com, there you'll find links to all of our social media, Twitter and Facebook, along with our link to our email, top5report at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to interact with the show, hit us up there. Um, otherwise, we are on Stitcher, Google Play, and iTunes. You can subscribe to us. And if you do, you'll not miss a single episode. You can also leave us a review. We love the five stars. <laughs> because, uh, well, five stars are great, but we understand criticism because it helps us get better and it makes the words we say feel important. Um, you can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Drew3927. Peter? Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Ninja Pierre, and that's where I will be spreading the word that if Neo and John Wick are in the same room for too long, the universe <laughs> will implode. <laughs> uh, that sounds like that would actually happen. Um... So with that being said, for the Top 5 Report, I'm Drew. I'm Peter. And we'll see you next week. Everyone have a wonderful Christmas. Good night.